Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. A throwback weekend in Darlington, one of my favorite weekends of the year. The cars, the crews, the stories. It is a special, special time, and NASCAR can't wait to get down to Darlington, South Carolina. I'm Steve Post, pit road reporter for MRN, and this is Crew Call, brought to you by Hercules Tires right on our strike. When we look at throwback weekend, this year Darlington did something a little different. A lot of times they'll choose an era where your car needs to be from this era. This year, they just decided to open it up, and teams have been very, very creative. All kinds of great paint schemes when we get down to Darlington this weekend, including one of an active crew chief, and a matter of fact, a race-winning crew chief in the sport. That's right. Alex Bowman, the ally number 48, is going to be an old Greg Ives. Greg's his crew chief, an old Greg Ives paint scheme from his late model days back in Michigan at Norwood Speedway in that area. And it's going to be fun to watch that seafoam green and grapefruit numeral car go around the racetrack. And it'll be good here on Crew Call because we're going to talk to Greg Ives. Napa! Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shins that eliminate noise for the life of the pad. Rubber-coated hardware for a better fit and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. It is Crew Call here on Motor Racing Network, presented by Hercules Tires. Greg Ives, that crew chief uh, I referenced in the opening, joins us. Hello, Greg. Welcome into Crew Call. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yes. Greg Throwback weekend to Darlington is always really, really neat. I'm a student of the sport. I know you are. We love the cars. We love the schemes. What do you think it's going to be like this weekend with your paint scheme on display at Darlington? Yeah, I mean, I'm still kind of in shock and awe of of everything that happened. Alex's surprise for me, uh, Ally's, you know, wonderful uh, ability to, to just make it all happen and um, and, and the tie-in to their colors, you know, the seafoam and grapefruit. How did I know, you know, 23 years ago that uh, it would match up uh, pretty well to uh, Allies' colors? And, um, you know, it it's just shows how good of a guy that Alex is and uh, how great of a sponsor we have in Ally. 
that the the the, the seafoam green and the grapefruit color, okay, which again, it's it's weird how that all comes together with Ally. Yep, yep. It's even strange though how it ended up on your race car back in the day. Share that story about how you ended up with that with that color of a race car. Yeah, I was coming off of um, you know one of my race seasons, and I wanted to upgrade my car. And uh, Dickie and Gene Coleman had a car they wanted to sell, and um, I went down and looked at it, and it had this paint color on it. And you know, it wasn't necessarily my first choice of colors by any means, but um, you know, Dickie was like, just you know, consider keeping that color and, um, you know, you'll, you'll learn why the more you investigate into it. And, and I kind of did that. I, I showed up at WIR in Kakana, Wisconsin, and, uh, I was able to, you know, unload the car and I, immediately I had uh, positive, uh, feedback on the car color. Um, no, you know, I didn't know, know the people at all. Uh, I didn't know, you know, like I said, I was just starting early in my career and, um, they didn't know who Greg Ives was and, uh, you know, I didn't know them and they're like, man, I really, really like the color. It reminds me of uh, a color scheme that Jim Pagel, um, drove in 93. And I, I didn't necessarily know who Jim Pagel was at the time. Um, you know, that wasn't my home track. I was just traveling there to get some laps. And in the end, I learned the story of Jim Pagel, um, him, you know, his success at, at WIR, not only on the track, but off the track, and, and then also learned of his tragic death uh, during qualifying uh, at the season opener in 1997. So, you know, at that point, you know, I felt like the, the paint scheme kind of and color kind of chose me. Um, and I, f I felt like I needed a young guy myself coming into the sport needed to pay tribute to someone uh, who helped pave the way for me allowed, uh, you know, as, as grassroots as it gets, you need, you need people to, uh, uh, to race. You need to have those, uh, great personalities. And, and Jim was one of those. And, um, it was looking back now, it's, it's more of an honor for me than it, than it really probably was at the time, just cause I didn't know the significance of, you know, what my career was going to potentially lead to and, and, and grow. So, um, all in all, you know, r the right decision, obviously, and uh, to get it paid tribute, um, you know, 23 years later. And, and not only because of me, but be because of the whole story behind it. And nobody knew that until, until this all happened. I've, I've always said the, 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 the schemes are great. The uniforms are great. Everything is great. But the story behind it. And to me, um, I have huge respect for guys like Alex Bowman who do what they do in NASCAR. I think I have more respect for guys like Jim Pagel, guys that do it at Saturday night tracks and everything. I just think this is so neat. And, and, and you grew up around this. There are so many people. Yeah, most of them have not had the tragic ending that Jim did. But this is really neat to tip the cap to, to those who race on short tracks and, and ultimately to a guy who, who, who gave it all to short track racing. Yeah, I mean, I've always said, and, and I've done it my whole life, uh, you know, ever since I was born, I was racing um, of some way, just because my brother and my and my dad were always into it. So, um, yeah, I didn't know any other way, right? I, I knew that was my right, that was my life was racing. And uh, we worked to, to race, we worked to, you know, put tires on, on a race car, not on your, your regular car, right? So um, the, the whole to me, I prefer, you know, 
going out that way. And, and I never, you know, you never want to lose your life, but, you know, racing and doing what you love, it's, it's in your blood. And uh, ultimately, you know, it was a sad day. Um, everybody feels it. Um, but you have some sort of um, peace with it uh, when, when it was a racing deal and um, you know, you're never going to ever get over it, but it's, it, it just puts a little bit more of a calm and a peace uh, about it. And um, you know, versus maybe, maybe some other way. Yeah, no, it's neat. It's neat. And it's great. Your story is going to be on display, but Jim's story and, and, and really the countless racers that he represents going forward, your background. I, I feel like, I feel like I'm renewing a conversation I had with Chris Gabehart earlier this year, <laughs> racing, racing, racing. And all of a sudden kind of like, I'm not sure this drive. How, how did you, how did you end up from, from racer in Michigan to, to engineer out of, out of, out of Michigan, uh, what was it? Michigan tech. How did you, yeah, how did Michi- you, what's that process? Yeah. Michigan tech is where I graduated. And uh, like I said, I've raced my whole life and um, you know, it's, I was kind of reliving it. I kind of relive it often, you know, just because people ask how you really got into it and you must've knew somebody. And ultimately, you, you know, it is, it is about knowing somebody, but also putting the the want behind the, the dream. Right. And, um, you know, it, it's the, the steps along the way. It, if I didn't go to my family reunion in 2003, I doubt I'll be sitting here talking to you today. So, um, odd event, uh, like I said, school was starting up at Michigan tech for my final, final semester. Um, I wanted to go up there to get ready and, and kind of chill out for the weekend. And my girlfriend now wife, Jessica, she's wanted to go to our family reunion in shaky lakes. And, you know, I, I was like, man, that's, you know, a couple hour drive. And I kind of want to just relax. And, uh, the introvert in me, uh, just kind of wanted to be by myself and, uh, she kind of gave me a guilt trip of, you know, oh, you don't want to show me off to your family. And uh, she's more of an extrovert and and wants to, you know, be around family and, and do all that stuff. So she guilted me kind of into it. And luckily she did because um, my dad's cousin, son-in-law, um, my dad's cousin was there and his son-in-law worked on at Hendrick Motorsports on the 24 car. So his name was Paul Chrisman and his nickname was Rolly. I'm sure if, if you ask around the garage, uh, you probably have talked to him. Right. And so uh, my dad's cousin, Ken, Ken Leeson, I gave him my resume and he handed it off to uh, Brian Weitzel. And it wasn't easy steps after that, but my foot was in the door. Um, you know, my resume had three things on there that they liked, that I was a racer, that I knew how to work on a car and uh, that I had an engineering degree. So they had a, a lot of options. It's my, th- that's first of all, that's wild. That family reunion, how that connection is made. Cause you're right. There are connections certainly help get to the next level. What I also find interesting about this though, I, I was reading an interview and you said that if you were asked at 16 years old, where you would be in 10 years, even at that young age, as a young racer, you had determined that you wanted to be at Hendrick Motorsports. What was there about Hendrick that caught your eye? Yeah, I was, you know, I was a Jeff Gordon fan. Um, a lot of, a lot of people in that, you know, mid nineties became Jeff Gordon fans, uh, especially young racers like myself, uh, young kid coming up through the ranks, you know, um, and, and kind of changing NASCAR a little bit, uh, you know, going against the rough and tumblers of uh, Dale Earnhardt and uh, all those guys. So, 
you know, not that I felt like I was Jeff Gordon by any means, but I, I did like his style and, and it reminded me a lot of, of, you know, the path I wanted to take. Um, and I always, I always knew that I had to put goals in front of me. If I didn't, uh, what was there to achieve? So, um, racing is a, a tough deal because, uh, you know, just like a, any small town, whether you play football, basketball, any type of sports, and you're probably one of the better athletes getting out of a small town to make it big is really tough. And, um, those that put the passion, um, to it and are really good. Sometimes they get, uh, you know, negative feedback, like, you know, you're never going to make it anyways, why are you trying so hard? You know, I got, I got some of that. Um, but the more majority of it was just really, uh, pushing me to, to pursue my dreams. And, um, yeah, you ran some hurdles and, and, and ran into people that didn't believe what you were setting out to do, but they made me feel at 16 years old that this, this was a potential dream. Um, you know, reality was I was going to school to be a doctor. Uh, the, the dream in me said, Hey, if I work hard enough, 10 years, I'm going to work for Hendrick Motorsports. And, um, you know, that's, those are two avenues that I, I picked up and I was going to work towards. So, um, yeah, that's, that's basically the story of it. And, um, you know, I wasn't even really driving race cars at that point. I was just, I just knew that it was a passion that, uh, really had a lot of interest to me. And, uh, I, I knew it, it was something that, uh, you know, the, the mechanic, the mechanical and, and the engineering side of it uh, really sparked my interest for sure. Did you say at one time you thought about being a doctor? Yeah. Yeah. I was, I went to my, I started out in pre-med um, and I was going to be a pediatrician or orthopedic surgeon. Um, and that, yeah, I went, uh, did that for a couple of years and my mom kind of told me that I needed to uh, pursue my mechanical engineering degree just because of my passion for racing and, um, you know, someday, uh, when I retire from here, maybe I'll go be a doctor. There we have it. That is so fascinating. I went to Penn state to be an accountant. Okay. And here I am broadcasting NASCAR races. It's funny how life and the world changes. It really yep. is. And yep. it, it's, it, that's just really, really neat. I, I want to keep moving forward here. You, you get to Hendrick Motorsports. You have so much success. Car or engineer on the car, the 48 car, five championships. You moved to junior motorsports, back to Hendrick, Dale Jr., the whole thing. We're, we're fast forwarding through 15, 20 years here. And I want to take this to Richmond because you get to Richmond this year. You're the crew chief on that 48 car where you had five championships at the engineer. What did that mean to you here a few weeks later to, to, to be able to return the 48 to where it belongs to victory lane? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, definitely pretty fascinating um to to really even think about it honestly because um it, it's just one of those deals where you just never know um you know and, and I never knew at this point in my career um that something like this was even possible um it in and you know when I was 16 and said I'd be working for Hendrick Motorsports in 10 years um you know this was not the end I didn't think this would be the end goal. So, you know, getting that opportunity and, and as you explained it, just like that, that's what my last 15 years of my career feels like, or, or however, 17 years of Hendrick Motorsports feels like um, a lot of doors open really quickly. 
couple of them I had to, you know, I had to say I wanted to wait um, on opportunities because I wasn't ready. But, you know, some of those you just, you, you just had to learn as, as you went. So um, it's, it's been a whirlwind for sure. Um, you know, I probably forget more than I remember about all the good times. Um, but the, the meaningful things that in the, in the people that I've met along the way, the great leaders like uh, Jimmy, who always, you know, no matter his success, um, you know, he was always the team first. Uh, Chad, you know, being able to, um, we had an open relationship. We were able to communicate really well. Sometimes it didn't, sometimes it didn't sound like it went really, really well, but uh, we were able to talk about, you know, my future, what I wanted to do, um, always having a goal set in front of me um, and I always made them aware of those goals. So, you know, when, when I wanted to be an engineer, he treated me like an engineer. Uh, when I wanted to be a crew chief, he trained me as a crew chief and um, you know, that that relationship has gotten me to where I am today. And um, but, yeah, the whirlwind of, you know, going to junior motorsports, which, you know, that was leaving the mothership and 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 like sink or swim. You know, Mr. H was like, this is what you want. Here you go. Um, and junior motorsports taught me a lot. You know, it, it, it was it made me get out from behind the computer and, and become a people person. And that's something I, I definitely lacked in um, being an introvert and not wanting to communicate all the time. I had to communicate. Otherwise we we're going to not be successful and um, grew a lot of great relationships over there. I still feel like when I walk in the door, it's home just like Hendrick motorsports is. And um, you know, fast forward through chases, you know, young career, um, you know, when the, we went from Daytona thinking that, you know, he needed to just stay on the bottom and get experience to winning his first races at Darlington. And now we're going to win 10 in a row and we're going to win the championship. Right. So, I mean, his, his career escalated really quickly, uh, just with that one win. Right. And, and then the back-to-back -back win and then the one in Chicago. And, you know, I got a call from Mr. H in Chicago, after the Chicago win, I'm thinking it's a congratulatory uh, phone call and here it's me moving up to be crew chief for Dale Jr. And if you want to think pressure was high after Chase Elliott won that first race, now as future Dale Jr.'s crew chief with Chase Elliott, how many races should I be winning? Um, what call I was not making, right? Um, now, now they gave me a Twitter account. <laughs> Everybody can get on me. So, uh, you know, from getting my first phone to having my first Twitter Twitter handle and um, hey, you know, it's, and, and now my first, uh, throwback paint scheme, it's, it's been a whirlwind and, um, you know, I'm grateful to have family, friends and, uh, people that support me for sure. And that, that's amazing. That really is. And, uh, to, to be given the keys to Dale Jr. And now given the keys to the 48 car, um, obviously doing something right that they trust you with, with the most popular driver and maybe, uh, taking over for, with, with the former best driver that ever had, that, that maybe never NASCAR ever had. Yeah, for sure. That's yeah, it's, 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 it's truly an honor. You know, I, I never got, I never got hung up on numbers. Um, mm -hmm. you know, when I play basketball, give me a number, I don't care. Um, you know, it's, it's just a stat, uh, you know, if it was 20, it was five, it was two, if it was 99, it didn't matter what number I was playing basketball or football or, or it, it, I never, even, even my racing, my, my daughter was like, how did you get number 31? That was my race car number. I said, that's just the first car I drove. I didn't, you know, it didn't matter to me. 
if it was a, if it didn't have any numbers on it and, but the 48, I, you know, that's, that's totally different. That's, you know, that's become my heart and soul of my racing career. And, um, without that number, you know, I'm, I'm just, um, probably just another struggling engineer trying to make it in, in this big sport of NASCAR and, um, you know, or I could be, you know, at, at some engineering firm, engineering, uh, uh, rear window, uh, mirrors. I don't, I don't know. It's just one of those things that, uh, you know, the 48 is always going to be special to me. Uh, every, every number, the seven, uh, with Regan Smith, the nine with Chase Elliott, 88 with Dale. Um, you know, it's, it's definitely going to, those numbers are, are truly what built my foundation to, to, in, in my cup career. Neat stuff. Really, truly is. So you pick up a win. Uh, I, I, last year, you won early. You won at Auto Club and rolled through the season. This year, relatively early here, ninth race, eighth race, whatever it was, Richmond. What did you learn last year as far as getting out there and experimenting? Everyone's like, oh, now you can go try things. But then you have to balance that with stage points. How, how do you approach this time between now and the playoffs? Uh, obviously, I still haven't got it right. But, um, you know, I definitely learned a lot from last year. Um, it wasn't so much experimenting as just more over aggressiveness, you know, thinking that uh, certain strategies were going to work, uh, giving up stage points to try to get stage wins and, and uh, you know, just regular wins. Um, and ultimately, uh, being cute about your strategy or your setups doesn't win races, right? Executing uh, a good, solid plan, building momentum. Um, oh, I should have finished fifth and I finished 15th. That, that does not build momentum, no matter how strong or how many times you say those words. So just going out there and, and being a solid race team that executes well, overcomes adversity like we did at Richmond. And, uh, you know, that, that's what I've learned over the course of, you know, my, my career as, as a crew chief and especially in, in this system. Yeah. One win, um, you know, gets, we think, <laughs> You know, exactly. the way, yeah. way, way this year is going, uh, you think is going to, uh, you know, get you in the playoffs. But um, it, we, we put it together last year when we got to the playoffs. But ultimately, I feel like we can be further ahead, score more of those points and, and stage points and wins to, to help us go further and further easier um, in, in, the, in the playoffs. It's fascinating stuff. It really is. What uh, what makes a lot of sense in July and August and September and October was like, ah, man, I don't know if we should have done that. It's um, it, it, it's pretty neat, the structure of our sport. That's for sure. I, I want to wrap this up. I've got a couple more questions. I want to wrap this up about some people in your world. Um, your relationship, I get a chance to hang out with Alex Bowman at the dirt track at the Chili Bowl. I hung out with him in Virginia with his sprint car. He is unique. He says he, he's seven on a quirky scale. You're nine on a quirky scale. Whatever the scale is, why does this work with you and Alex so well? Uh, yeah, because I, you know, I think we're uh, both pretty awkward when it comes to yeah. a lot of situations um, and not awkward in a bad way. Just, you know, we enjoy I, I try to enjoy life. Um, and and, you know, I put there's there's so much pressure on being who we are as a title, uh, as a crew chief, as a driver, that when we get away, we just kind of want to be ourselves and, and, you know, be just natural, normal, you know, people like, like, um, anybody else. And, and that's the, the awkwardness. I don't, I don't know. I don't think that's uh, a trait that you learn. I think you just, you just have it. And, um, 
you know, Alex and I kind of have similar uh, awkwardness and <laughs> he, uh, he thinks I'm more awkward than him, but I, I think he's more awkward than me. He just, he just has a driving suit and I just have a, you know, headset. So that's about yeah, it. I'm, I, when I was, when I was thinking about this interview, cause like I said, I am around Alex, some of the dirt track stuff. And I'm like, I'm not sure. I, I think he, I, I'm not sure who's seven and who's nine. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the, in the end, we're, yeah. if you're, you're hanging out with us, you're going to probably cutting up laughing and yeah. uh, probably laughing at us sometimes and laughing with us the other times. So, um, and we're going to be okay with it because we're okay with it. And uh, um, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to have a lot of drama. That's for sure. Um, and, and any situation we kind of know we can get ourselves out of and, um, you know, try to have a lot of fun with it. No doubt. And that's what I found with Alex out at the dirt track. It is always a pleasure because he just has such a passion for it. He really, truly does. Finally, for you, uh, 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 other people I want to ask you about, you now find yourself in the role of dad of race car drivers, uh, your yeah. son and your daughter racing out at Millbridge in the box stocks. What is that like? That's uh, it's worse than it's worse than the final race of a playoff and, and, you know, championships on the line and you got to choose four tires, two tires or fuel only. Um, it, it's pretty, it's pretty rough on me, honestly. It, it trains me well for Sunday. Um, and, and not only that, they have a passion for it. You know, um, they're the ones that want to go to the racetrack. Uh, they have responsibilities so they can go to the racetrack. Um, you know, and Parker, he runs GoPro as well in, in a, a, a go-kart. And it's, it's just amazing at young age, six years old and eight years old, my daughter is eight. And the, the, the skills that they're gaining um, just from competing, right? Uh, just having friends at the racetrack and, and the ability to create friends, um, you know, especially now or throughout last year uh, when they're kind of quarantined and they're staying at home and uh, kind of being homeschooled or um, um, stuff like that, it allows them to go to the racetrack and outside their environment and, and, and learn and, and do different things that maybe they couldn't if, if life was just normal, as you say it. So it's uh, definitely hard on me. Um, I, I want them to win <laughs> more than anything. Um, I want the, the carts to be fast. Um, they off, often uh, tell me it's my fault uh, if the cart's not fast. Uh, one night I was actually, you know, looking up on the internet, like how to make this cart faster, right? Like trying to find some tricks. Um, and I'm not too high and mighty to say I, I don't know at all, right? And I was looking at it and my son Parker, he was like, dad, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm just trying to make your cart faster. He goes, are you still mad about it? I was like, no, I'm just frustrated that I'm trying to, you know, I should be able to get this. And uh, he's like, it's okay, dad. I know you're trying your best. And at that moment, I realized he's a real driver because ultimately it was none of his fault. Right. Like it was obviously all on me. The setup was bad. I didn't have the right motor tire pressure. Uh, whatever it was, you know, I realized, you know, when he gets out of the car and says, I just need it to go faster, it's on me. So, um, you know, I was like, man, I, I feel like it's Sunday again. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the life lessons they learn are, are going to be invaluable. And, 
Um, just, just the mentality of that, you know, my son Parker says, you know, approaching a race or strategy of a race, he kind of, he kind of visualize, visualizes it in his mind of what he's going to do. And then he goes, executes it. So it's, uh, it's pretty neat to see. And, um, you know, another funny thing is I was trying to, my wife was wanting to do some eye racing just to try it. And, uh, I got her started on it and I was like, you actually drive on the street because it was just so bad. It was terrible. And my six-year-old son gets on there and he's wheeling it like there's no issue. And so I'm like, yeah, maybe it doesn't necessarily, my wife's a pretty good driver on the road, but when it comes to her eye racing, it was terrible. So, um, yeah, I don't think, she, I don't think I'll gain another race car driver. That's for sure. I think we're going to stick at two. That's cool. Finally, for you, one of the things I, I, I sit out of Millbridge on a Tuesday night when you guys race or a Wednesday night, I'm out there. The family's racing together and you came from a family that raced together. Your dad, your brother, we started the interview talking about that. There has got to be nothing better than the quality time you have with your kids and with your, with, with your family, with the racing. Yeah. And, you know, it, it was it's definitely different um, than when I grew up because, you know, I was older. I was, you know, 15, 16, 17 years old. And my dad was working and my brother was working and, and, and we had that quality time of working on the car and working at the shop. But my dad was like, Hey, if you want to race, this is on you. Right. And, and that's how I learned the responsibilities to go. Now I'm able to teach that onto my, my son and my daughter on, you know, some of the proper things to do and, and teach them how to race. But um, you know, it's, it's the same thing. We'd show up, we had the same, pit stall uh my dad would always stand in the same spot and watch the race i had the same cousins and and friends up in the stands uh watching the race and and the guys coming to help me on the, in the race car and you know i'm still friends with them today and and um still you know i feel like are my biggest fans and um it's it's definitely in in the racing family is not always just closed knit uh, as far as like, there's only this big of a circle, it's, it's so much bigger. And, um, you know, I, I feel like my success, I hope is felt around the Norway Speedway and Bark River area as part of their success as well, because, you know, without their contribution to not only bring their cars out to race against me and, and challenge me to get better, but also the encouraging um, aspect of it is like, Hey, you can do this. Hey, we're proud of you. Hey, uh, go out there and get them. Hey, you know, you know, yeah, it was a bad race, but there's another one. Let's get after it. So, um, to, to me, that's, that's what I try to do on a daily weekly basis is just keep making Bark river, uh, Michigan proud, a small town of 1600, that's still a small town of 1600 and, um, you know, Norway speedway, which was my home track and, and helped, uh, grow me and raise me and, um, you know, rough me up and, and make me tough and, and take things and give me things and, you know, make me all around a, a better person, driver, and uh, eventually a crew chief. Yeah, I, I love listening to it because mine are Penkian Speedway and Five Mile Point Speedway, Binghamton, New York, and Susquehanna, Pennsylvania, where I was the announcer and, and did the same thing. So I guess whether it's uh, Norwood in, Massachusetts, or in Michigan, Pennsylvania, New York, or the kids racing at Millbridge, um, we've got pretty good with the racing world. And, uh, yeah. and we're going to Darlington with Greg Ives' car, <laughs> Seafoam Green and Grapefruit this weekend. Yeah. Man, I'll tell you, yeah. enjoy the weekend. And uh, 
there's only one thing better than a great paint scheme. It's a great paint scheme at victory lane, but enjoy the weekend regardless of where it ends up at the end of the day. I already got chills. I already got chills. So I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, um, it's going to be a, a special uh, green flag. And, and uh, you know, when we get that checkered flag at the end, it's even going to be more special for, thank you for uh, yeah. talking with me. Good to hang out with you, Greg. Best of luck this weekend and on throughout the season. Thanks for your time, man. All right. Thank you guys. There we go. Greg Ives, crew chief for Alex Bowman here on crew call. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric introducing the ZDX Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Great to catch up and chat with Greg Ives. Uh, Love his passion. Love his story. And uh, I'll just say it's fun to watch him out at Millbridge with his kids racing. It just is. It it, it tickles me to see him running around and trying to make those carts go faster. And uh, just just what a good guy. And yeah, all these crew chiefs, though, have a big challenge this weekend because it's the track too tough to tame. It's the Goodyear 400 at Darlington. And this race track will drive every one of them nuts. It'll be crazy. Really will. When we look at the racetrack, the surface is all worn out. And it is just going to be a grater, a cheese grater, if you will, on the tires. The pit crews and Justin Fiedler on last week. They will likely pit the cars more at Darlington this coming weekend than they have at any race this year. They're going to be busy. It's going to be all four-tire pit stops. So Darlington is Darlington. And having your car balanced and good on old worn-out tires is going to be important because you're going to spend most of your race as a driver on old worn-out tires. Stages of this race, I like how this lays out as well. 90 laps, 95 laps, and 105 laps. I I tend to like these races where there's three somewhat equal stages. And in this case of Darlington, there will need to be strategy in each stage. Pit once, pit twice, where the cautions fly. So it is going to be fun to see how the 400 miles play out at Darlington this weekend. And finally, Motor Racing Network is at Darlington all weekend long. Triple header coverage. Looking forward to Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time. It is the liftkitsforless.com 200 for the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. We come back at 12.30 Eastern time, early afternoon start on Saturday. It's the Xfinity Series. It is their Steakhouse Elite 200. And then at 2.30 Eastern time on Sunday, it is the Goodyear 400 for the Cup Series, the big boys, and it is going to be great. Also want to mention this. I love my short tracks. Those of you that follow me on social media know that. 
Saturday night, if you're in the Darlington area, a friend of mine runs Florence Motor Speedway. It is a NASCAR Advanced Auto Parts weekly racing series track, and they have a race, the Prelude to Darlington. It's a 20-minute ride from Darlington, so if you find yourself down there, go support the grassroots of NASCAR racing over at Florence Motor Speedway, and you'll love their late model division. There's some great racers there, so get out there if you can. If not, tune us in all weekend long on Motor Racing Network. Again, appreciate Greg Ives joining us here on Crew Call, but more important than all of that, Thank you for joining us here on Crew Call, presented by Hercules Tires.